Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Two Old Farts. My name is Chuck. I'm Lou. I'm about to look at The Two Old Farts. Well, welcome to Season 3. Season 3. This is starting our third year. Can you believe that? Um, uh, unfortunately, this we could have and should have probably done one last weekend, but I don't know. Circumstances, time, apathy, I don't know. Whatever happened. <laughs> Whatever happened, we didn't do it. Sorry about that. But uh, I think you got some news you wanted to pass on, old fart? Yeah, I did. First day, uh, the cold weather here. So we all know what to do with cold weather. So let's make sure we do it. Take care of the the, the pipes and the pets and the people and things like that. I want to give a shout out to our good friend and uh, to, to David Wilson for those pictures he shared uh, from Yakota and some of them, you know, here in. in um, it was taken here with Shirley and, and, and your mom and stuff like that. But it's nice. Do you know when where those something. pictures were? Do you know where they were taken? Some of them were taken here in the living room. The rest of them was in Yokota, Japan. No, the rest were taken huh? at Warner Robins. Uh, uh, yeah. You got to remember, how uh, old was Tina when we left? Do what? How old was Tina when we left Japan? She was uh, six. She went over at two and came back okay, at six. She was six. Okay, so she was about but, eight in those pictures. Yeah. Anyway. So did we uh, did we live in a duplex with a carport in in Yakota, or did we live in a duplex with a carport in Horn uh, Robins? In uh, Georgia, we lived in a duplex, but. They also had a house. And if you too. look at those pictures, yeah. there's a we are all standing on the carport. Well, that's true. So anyway, I, I appreciate <laughs> him sending out those pictures. It brings back some memories. Yeah. Memories that you didn't even you. have. Boy, your mom was hot, I'm gonna tell you. I I can't <laughs> comment on that. Yeah. Look at those pictures I told her last night. I said I'm going to show you one of the one of the many reasons why I fell in love with you. I showed that picture of her that David sent and stuff like that. So anyway, oh so. my God, that's gross. <laughs> then I want to say shout out Just to uh, son-in-law Peter for his uh, the new job in uh, at Moses Lake, Washington as as a lead pastor and stuff like that. But yeah, his first kids, job is lead pastor. Huh? Yeah. This is his and first job as lead pastor. Mackenzie, with her honors at, uh, at Texas State, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, she uh, she made the dean's list uh, her third time. She made it in the fall of her freshman year, the fall of her sophomore year, and the fall of her junior year. I don't know what happens in the springtime other than spring break. I don't know. The San Marcos River right outside the campus. I don't know. Maybe that's why she misses it by one-tenth or two-tenths of a point in the spring. But, hey, I couldn't be happier or prouder, man. She's 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 I'm rocking and rolling, too. kicking ass and taking names. Yeah, she she's a chip off the old block. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what. When we moved from Georgia to, to Texas, who was on the National Honor Society? You were. This guy. You know. So, anyway, then uh, the other thing I want to say is, I'm really proud of you and your sister, Tina. 
what you guys have become and how you're leading your lives and uh, your children and and the roles, the models that you all set for them. You and Brenda with Mackenzie and and your girls and uh, your sister Tina with with Jordan uh, and how she handles especially that students at uh, at school she's at. And, and the last thing is. I'm really excited about your cousins coming to see us in August. Brooke and yep, Shannon, Shannon and, and her, oh, two oh. Bo- her, her two boys. I think she has two boys. Yeah, Brooke has two boys, yeah. and, and Shannon's coming with her. And oh, so Shannon is too. And so I'm excited about that. I didn't know Shannon. It was just Brooke. She said she's bringing the kids. Yeah, I I sent her another. Text, she, you know, I sent, I went ahead and sent her the uh, email address and stuff like that, you know, that you, that she said she didn't have any. So this morning I asked her who I was coming. She said her and Shannon and her two kids. And, okay. Uh, so I, I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen them since they were little. No, you're right. And that Brooke looks just like her mom and Shannon looks like her dad. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be interested to see if, if Brooke acts like her mom. If she does, we're going to have one hell of a good time. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I think, she, I think she looks after her, and I think she kind of takes after her. Yeah, Vicky was fun. I'm going to tell you, all your mom's brothers and sisters were fun. Uh, but Vicky, Vicky, you know, stayed with us for a little while and stuff like that. She, she's something else. She was fun. But anyway, let's. That's a couple of things I want to talk about just just very quickly. I'm just really proud of Mackenzie. Make sure she knows that, and uh, you got many, many more to come. She's doing good. Yep she she loves the praise, and uh, she's smart smart girl, getting smarter every day. She must take yes, after her mom. That's probably true. She, she probably behaves better like her mom too. Hmm. No, her mom says she behaves more like me. Okay. Well, what do you think about this new coach we got? Oh, man, I am fired up. I am so, so happy that uh, we landed Kalen DeBoer. You pull back the the layers of the onion with him, and you see a pattern and a track record of winning. He has beaten Dan Lanning and Sark. They are all 0-5 against Kalen DeBoer. Since he arrived at Washington, you look at his record of winning, it is comparable to Nick Saban's. It is comparable to the Bears. And if he can do that at Washington, competing against all that Nike money at Oregon, all that Hollywood money at USC, and even UCLA, and he can do all that and went undefeated and uh, Penix. Was he two or three in the Heisman vote this year? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you what. It, it goes back even further than that. Frank Thomas, way back in the, in the day, he replaced Wallace Wade, who won a national championship and all that kind of stuff. That was in the he 30s, gets, right, or 20s? In the 30s and 40s for uh, Frank Thomas. 
they were saying the same thing about Frank Thomas. He was, he was replacing a, a Nick Saban, if you will, okay, with Wallace Wade and stuff like that. Boy, and you go back and look at his record, and you look at his history of where he came from, you know, Notre Dame and some uh, University of Chattanooga and stuff like that, and his winning record and what he did to Alabama. I, I'm just hoping it, it falls in that same type of scenario. And I think, Will, you're right, because looking at his resume, he's nothing but a winner. And I'm going to give you not one, but two reasons why he is a winner. The first one, is Courtney Morgan. Courtney is, uh, he, he's like in player development. He's like his general manager. Okay. He gets the recruits. He has been with him since uh, Fresno State. Yep. And if you saw Kalen DeBoer getting off the airplane, you know who was right behind him? Courtney Morgan. He's yes. been his general manager for the past, past two seasons there at Washington, and uh, he's ready to work. And if you don't know that name, he's been the director of player development at UCLA. He started his own company to connect athletes and other public figures with business opportunities, and he goes back to Michigan. He played offensive line at Michigan from 99 to 03. And he did something else up there with Michigan. He's he's one of the architects of Michigan being where they're at right now. So he held that same general manager role with Michigan in 2020. The other is Ryan Grubb. And if you don't know who Ryan Grubb is, Alabama fans, you better dig in and look at who he is. He was in the running for the offensive coordinator last year with Tommy Reese. I don't know why they didn't hire him or if he just wanted to stick around with Coach DeBoer. But those two have been together again since Fresno State. And he's coming with him. They haven't officially announced the hire, but he announced last night that he is not going to be the Washington Huskies head coach. Right. And I'll tell you, there's one more name I think is going to come with him. William Ng, I-N-G-E, he's a defensive coordinator. He has the same history really? as those. Yes, has the same history as, as, with uh, DeBoer. Now, I haven't heard any chatter by him, you know, staying or whatever he's doing, but there's a lot of talk about him following and coming with, uh, and it makes kind of sense because Kevin Steele just announced his retirement. So we, we, we got to find a defensive coordinator. You know, it'd be interesting to see what happens with uh, Tommy Reese. I, I think I, I think the uh, their number one quarterback commit to Washington. I think he is decommitted from Washington. I do believe yeah. so. He may follow Caleb yeah. Moore and the offensive coordinator and come to Tuscaloosa. You know, and that's that's the downside of this transfer portal type thing. It's good and bad. We got a lot of people who didn't think it was going to transfer at Alabama. So, but there are. When Saban announced, you know, there's some defensive backs and stuff like that that are transferring out to other universities. And I can understand that. If they don't think they're going to have a 
have an opportunity or, in my opinion, not willing to show up and, and put the hard work in and actually earn that position all over again, yeah, they're leaving. But uh, it'd be interesting to see how many people follow him, you know, the, the talent-wise and stuff like that. But I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm excited. And I, I'm looking at this Wallace Wade and um, Thomas Deal that era, how it, the transition, how it went from, because everybody was talking about Frank Thomas not going to do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, guess what? Went to Rose Bowl, won a national championship, won, actually won two, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and, uh, Wallace Wade, I think he only won one. You know, so. But, uh, but the only thing that gives me pause, the only thing, is he is not he's not even a Big Ten or SEC coach. He has no experience in that arena. That's that's my only concern. However, comma, he just beat Sark in the CFP. Well, I'm gonna tell you. You know what I'm saying? He beat Texas. Yes. We couldn't beat Texas this year, but he coached a team that could beat Texas. So that yes. gives me hope. I, I don't think it takes you long to figure it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, from an Alabama standpoint, there's only three games he's got to worry about next year: Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. They they win those three games, he'll be a national hero in Alabama. Yeah, you know, for that get, year. Hmm? For for 2024. Yes, but I mean and only 2024. But that'll put him in the good graces. Because I'm sure right now there's a lot of Alabama fans that just aren't sure where he's coming from. Like you said, he's no SEC and all those kind of things. But that, that, but you know what? That's the only knock, the only chink in the armor that I can find in him. And I, I'm going to tell you, I go back to this Frank Thomas Wallace Wade deal. When you look at that transition, Wallace Wade didn't have, I mean, uh, Frank Thomas didn't have it. The coach experience came from a small school and all those kind of things, you know. So I, I'm, I'm just hoping that it, that scenario plays out and holds true, you know. Yeah. But again, so we, we just talked about Kalen DeBoer, Washington Huskies, beating Texas Longhorns in the CFP. And the Huskies lost to uh, a very, very well-coached and strong defensive team, the Michigan Wolverines. Hats off to them and their defense. However, the last thing I'm going to say about the about Michigan is, again, she have to go back to Courtney Morgan, that player development coordinator, left in 2021. He is a big part of that architecture that got Michigan to where they are at today, and he is following yes. Kalen DeBoer. And that's and the kind of defense Michigan. that we like to play in the SEC. I was rooting for Washington in that game. Oh, so I was I. I don't personally care for Jim Harbaugh, but I'm going to tell you, I respect that Michigan team, and I respect all those players. They won that ball game. There was some good coaching and stuff, but they had the will to win. They wanted to beat everything they've gone through in the last couple of years, and again, really embarrassed last year by TCU. Uh, they had something to prove. Uh, and how and they, it's that uh, same group of players. And you can see those kids playing together and, you know, and stuff like that. So I get my hat's off to that, to the team, that Michigan team. 
that was a strong, strong defensive um, showing. And it was a master class of coaching that was put on by that defensive coordinator. He had us stymied. He had us fooled. We couldn't block them because of their schemes. They were showing one thing. We'd adjust, and they would do something else. And we were not picking up that backside uh, uh, bandit, that linebacker that was coming straight in and and just killing Milrow. And it wasn't until the second half that we put in the H-back that you and I were screaming about in the first quarter. Put it in an H-back. Put it in an H-back. Pick up that blocker. Yep. But talk, talk about coach. There's, there's a couple things he made on when he first came in that, that I, I picked up on that I really liked. And he said in the next few days he's focusing on staffing, and I think that's going to be the key. What you said, that those two people, if we get a, a really good defensive coordinator come in, I think everything else will settle down just a little bit. Uh, and then uh, – he talked about uh, people trying to take advantage of the moment when the Alabama team wants to touch base with their roster and the potential players, and that that's key. And I think he's done that because once he kind of met with them, you haven't heard too much more. All that transfer talk was all before he had met with the team and stuff like that. And uh, there's two other things he, he made comments on. He says, uh, bring your best energy, attitude, and effort. I like that. And the other, he says, I'm all about winning. And that that talks about his record, how he did it. Because you look at, this, at that conference he was in, the competition at those levels is just as high as it is in, in the FCS. And the other thing he said, he said, I think most important is that about making sure my values are the values that Alabama has. So it's, it's going to be. And you talk about his record. I, I got it all. Yeah. The records and stuff. Well, give like us that. a little He's, bit of that record. You print yeah. out all that paper, you might as well give us some info. Well, that's in 2005, he was at Sioux Falls. He was 11 and 2. He was an NAIA semifinal. He lost that game. 2006 at Sioux Falls, 14 0. First place, won the NAIA championship. In 2007 at Sioux Falls, uh, 13 and 1. Then in 2008, Sioux Falls, 14 and 0. 2009, 15 and 0. Both those years they won the NAI championship. Then at Fresno State, his first year there was 3 3. Then he goes uh, 9 3 and he played in the New Mexico Bowl. And he, he was 12 and 6 at Fresno State. And then, of course, at Washington, he won the Alamo Bowl against Texas. So that's that's twice he's beat Texas, right? Yes, sir. Uh, and, then, uh, and he beat Dan Lanning twice in the same year yeah. this past year. So he's 11 and 2. Then his total record at Washington, 25 and 3. Uh, but his total record is at 104 12. That's, that's, that's a pretty uh, good record. Pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And like like I like I, I qualified my comment you know, that the big the Pac-12 excuse me the Pac-12 was not a weak conference this year it was strong it, the last few years it's been kind of weak it's been kind of up and down up and down but Washington they just kind of 
to me, they came out of nowhere because the only teams you ever really hear about is either USC or Oregon. You only hear about those two teams, at least from a media perspective. Exactly. And they still weren't getting all the recognition. It was still all Oregon, Oregon. And it was a lot of USC at the beginning until the wheels kind of fell off on them either. And I wonder how long the USC alumni and fans are going to let Lincoln Riley hang around. I expect if he doesn't turn that program around, start winning next year and the year after, he'll probably be gone. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, so. But I'm going to tell you, this SEC, I think we're in pretty good shape because we play Western Kentucky on August 31st, then we play South Florida, then we go to Wisconsin, and then, and then we get a That should break. be a good game. Um, and, uh, the, the old Cincinnati Bearcat coach, isn't he up at Washington, uh, Wisconsin? Who's that? The old the old Cincinnati Bearcat coach, the the guy that made it to the uh, CFP a couple oh, yeah. of years ago. Yeah, I think he's at Wisconsin. First two games, I think, will be good for us. I, I don't think there'll be a cakewalk, but I, I think it'll be a learning process, figuring stuff out and things like that. And then when we play Wisconsin, I think that's going to be a, a a teller game for us. Then we'll have a week off to adjust. Then we hit Georgia. That that game is going to define our season. Yes, it will. That that's the one you're going to hang your hat on right there. Yeah, uh, and how we do against Georgia is going to determine, I think, the success of that program going forward. And it's going to determine the success, like you said, for the rest of the season with Auburn and Tennessee and yeah. LSU. And and those three games are huge with the Alabama fan base especially Tennessee, and we're playing Tennessee at Knoxville. So that's going to be a real challenge. We're playing LSU at Baton Rouge. And we got Auburn we, at home. We got Auburn at home. So it, it's going to be an interesting So that goes season. in our be, favor. So I'm excited. It's, it's going to be fun. But I, I, I think you'll do good. And, I, I couldn't be happier. Um, I, I'm surprised. You didn't hear anything about Lane Kiffin in uh, the coaching discussions. And I, I don't really know if they offered Dabo the job or not. Well, Dab- I know Dan Dab- Gooden well, the Florida State coach. He was not in the running. He wasn't in the hunt. You didn't even see his name in any of the articles as a top five candidate. Well, I had Dan Lanning's name popped up. Kalen DeBoer's name. Those two coaches were always in the mix. And Lane Kiffin's name was always in the mix. Yeah. Those three. And Dabo, actually, what I read, uh, one article actually made a trip to Tuscaloosa, was interviewed. So, so I, I personally like Dabo. I, I think he has a little bit of an attitude, and I think that's kind of what we need. Uh, uh, Lane Kiffin's got a bit of an attitude and something we need. And I think I think he's a good recruiter, so we'll see. But I, I'm excited. Uh Obviously, there's a lot of money involved with this. You know, it's a $12 million buyout there in this contract at Washington. That wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad compared to uh, what Texas A&M had to pay. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Woo! It's going to be a fun season. We We might need to think about going down to the 8A game and check it out and see what we can see. 
<laughs> um, it'll probably be like all the other eight games, eight eight games. Yeah. You ain't gonna see shit. Yeah, not you ain't gonna see, see nothing. Yeah, nope. We'll see what kind of love that we the coach will get if ESPN and those guys want to show up and because they're always there when when Saban was there and stuff like that. So I just saw on twenty four seven Sports regarding Alabama football. This was seven minutes ago. They're saying Kalen DeBoer's staff at Alabama is continuing to take shape. Ryan Grubb, offensive coordinator, Jamarcus Shepard, wide receiver, Jared McElwain, director of scouting, are all expected to follow DeBoer from Washington. And Freddie, Loach, Freddie Roach, D-line, and Robert Gillespie, running backs, are expected to be retained. Okay. I guess so. Keeping a little bit of the old. What was Freddie Roach's position? D line. I wonder if I wonder if they would think about him. But, you know, he he. I thought he did a good job with him last year. Wonder if he'll uh, be the defensive coach. We will see. Right, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be like Saban when he first got there, right? He had all the talk about what they're going to do and blah blah blah, and it's a new era and a new time and. and We'll see, see how well he does. He's what forty nine years old. So if he does yep. good, that he has, he would have a, a real chance of uh, tying or beating some of Saban's records uh, at his age. You know, another coach who was in the mix that I saw on numerous articles was D'Amico Ryan's, who's now the head yes. coach at uh, the up and coming again Houston Texans. But uh, I think he's got too good of a gig going there, and I don't think he was going to. St- leave to come to Alabama. If he wasn't doing so good, different story. Yeah, but then if he wasn't doing so, so good, also, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be in the running. Yeah. So what I'm seeing also on some of the other uh, online sports talk is that Dan Lanning's buyout was higher than first reported, and he was not in Tuscaloosa. So Who's which that? rumors do you believe? Uh, Dan Lanning. But, uh, okay. They're all saying that Kiffin was a target. And but I but Greg McElroy didn't think that Kiffin was that was the target. But this was you know I, I didn't think just so, you know I, stuff I, a few days ago. I, I think Lane Kiffin is an excellent coach, but I think he burned some bridges before before he left. We kind of got away from that good old boy syndrome a few years ago. Uh, it actually started when we hired Saban because prior to that it was always. Hire somebody that any was, kind of connection to the bear. Yeah, you know, and I think that's another reason why I think this is going to be a good move. Uh, you got somebody who's an independent guy, and the one thing that he that he made a comment that he's going to lean on Coach Saban. Coach Saban's going to stay there. Uh, I forgot now exactly what his title is going to be as advisor role, but he's going his office is going to be in the uh, stadium. Uh, yep, I read that too. And uh, that he's going to reach out to him and he's going to listen to him. And he said, ask him something. He said, he'll probably have about 10 things for him to to listen to, but uh, he's going to listen to him. And I, I think that was a key role, having somebody that will listen. That we don't want, you can't have Saban's philosophy running him. It has to be his philosophy. It has to be his, his oh, style. 100%, because it's, yeah. it's his neck on the chopping block. And then 
but then you got to listen to there's some other people who can kind of and I, I think that's where coach Saban is going to be so valuable I, I think he made a statement once he said when you're thinking about retiring you've already retired and that is so true in life it, whatever you if think about it if you're thinking about it then you've already done it you know and uh, and I think he and Miss Cherry are um, ready to move on, do some other things in their lives. What you know, and uh, I think he wants to enjoy those grandkids and stuff, and his kids, and you know what they're doing in their lives. And, and I think he wants to see the Alabama program to succeed. Yeah, I think he is really bonded with not just the university and the program, but just all of Tuscaloosa. I, I think he's just such a big part of the whole culture of Alabama that I, I think that's why he doesn't want to leave. You got to remember, yeah. when he had won his, what was it, his second or third national championship, and there were pictures of him at the University of Texas campus, they had the yeah. money. And he stuck it out. Yep. Yeah. I guess at that at that point in his life, he didn't want to start over. And when you're starting over like that, it's it's harder. And you got to remember, he was probably in his sixties at this point. Well, you know, he put those two years or three years in the NFL, and there's a big difference in coaching NFL versus college. And in college, you're the person, you're the boss, but NFL. <laughs> You're not so much. You may be calling the plays and stuff, but you're not necessarily the boss. Uh, nope, those, that NFL union and the general manager have a lot of say. Yep. Uh, as a matter of fact, the general manager or the owner of the companies, uh, those French, uh, those teams are going to pretty much dictate what you do and how you do it because they're most of them are business owners. Yeah, so they're like, you got $170 million to play with, and it's the general manager who gets to put the, the team together, not the coach. The coach yep. gives input. He has his desires and wants and wishes, but there's a dollar amount that you got to live with. Yeah. You know, talk about that. Got to give the Patriots a huge, huge shout out. The way they handled it with Belichick, with him leaving, it, it was a foregone collusion that he was probably going to be, be gone. But how they handled that, was so classy, you know. They didn't make a big issue out of it. They let him go out on his terms and, and the conversations around rather than being fired. You know, I, I like but it's kind of coincidental this. that the wheels came off right after Tom Brady left. Well, not really. If you stop that program about went it. into the skids. Uh, when you when you start losing and. You know, players like that, and play. Tom Brady is just a—he's just a great player. Uh, he's a generational player, that's for sure. Yeah. The and last, then, uh, in my opinion, the last quarterback that was that great was Joe Montana. Yep. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm excited for some football now. <laughs> it's going to be a long wait. <laughs> and uh, it's a long, long wait. It can be a long summer. But I got my Alabama softball. Games already out, so I, hopefully I'll be able to get the TV schedule here pretty soon so we can watch some Alabama softball. You know, speaking of softball, Coach's uh, D's, his oldest daughter, 
has signed to play with Washington softball team. So okay. Yes, she's a she's a senior this year in high school. So, be interesting to see if if how that works out if if they stay there and let her finish her senior year if she transfers or what you know. But she's always uh, committed to Washington to play softball. You know, I haven't had a chance to doing research on, you know, what kind of player she is and stuff like that. But if she's that good and Washington offer her a scholarship, it might be something we might want to look at too, the Alabama t- uh, team. Hey, scholarships are scholarships. And Absolutely. I don't hate any fan or family that wants to make sure that their, their child gets, gets a free ride, you know? Well, it's a free ride, and it's, you're getting money, but they've earned it. You had to do oh, something. Yeah, they, they, yeah. yeah, absolutely. They put the work in. Scholastically, you know, you know scholarships or, or those athletic scholarships. You had you had to you had to put the work in to get it, or or you didn't get it. So, but anyway, I think we're at a natural jumping off point. What do you say? Yeah, we're about 34 minutes now, so we give a shout-out to your Aunt Carolyn there in Georgia. I know she's going to be listening to us, so. Hey, Aunt Carolyn. I know she's Just pretty saying? excited about the hire, too. Do I? I said I know she's pretty excited about this hire as well. Yeah, I'm sure she is. I haven't talked to her and seen anything too much, but I'm sure she is. Uh, we just. Got to help everybody be safe for the next few days. All this cold weather here in Texas, we're not used to it. Yesterday, it was, what, 70 degrees, and this morning, it was 32. So. 32. <laughs> but, you know, it ain't just cold here, Dad. It's cold all across America. This oh, was an Arctic blast that just came on down. So, everybody, stay safe. You ain't got to drive. Don't drive. Make sure your pipes are um, dripping and getting warm heat from – so keep your cabinet doors open and uh, – just be safe, everybody. Absolutely. And uh, we'll catch you on the next time. Yes, sir. Have a good All right, one. Bye, everybody. All right. All right. Love, love you. Dad. Bye. All right. Bye.